wonderful. How's everybody this morning? Have a good Thanksgiving. Eat too much. I'm like, ooh. Gain a little weight. It's good to see everybody. I want to talk to you this morning. Um, I think in the, in the holiday seasons, if we're not careful, sometimes we get kind of caught up in everything. And if we're not careful, sometimes we'll get to worrying too much. Is anybody out there you just kind of, you, you think, be honest now, you, you probably worry more than you ought to. Raise your hand. Be good for you. Yeah. Well, I got a sermon for you. And uh, so it's good. It's good that we're honest. And the rest of y'all that, that didn't raise your hand, this is for you too. Because huh? the worrying <clears throat> has a direct link with faith. The opposite of worrying is faith. And, and I don't know of anybody that doesn't need more faith in their life, more trust and confidence in God. And so you, y'all come to the right place this morning. I uh, heard a story about it. three nurses, and they were standing at the pearly gates when St. Peter was there, uh, trying to figure out if you ought to let him in or not. Oh, by the way, I just want to say this kind of a disclaimer. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about St. Peter being at the Golden Gate. I mean, just, just, it's just this, in case you're like, oh, man, uh, you know, it's just a joke. <laughs> but you can, you can figure out if it's funny or not. It doesn't matter to me. So... They're standing there, and the first nurse, he goes, she goes, he says, well, what did you do? And she's like, well, I was, I helped inner city kids, and I helped orphans, and, and uh, uh, the, the sick and needy in the, in the cities, and, and uh, just did the best I could to help others out. St. Peter goes, well, man, that's a cool deal. Come on in, you can come in. And so the next nurse comes up and says, what, do you, what did you do? And she said, well... I was a nurse in Africa. We were understaffed and we didn't have enough doctors. And there was a lot, a lot of uh, malnourished children and, and we helped them a lot with, with their health issues. And, and Peter goes, man, that's cool. Come on in. And uh, so the next nurse, she comes up and she says, uh, he says, uh, well, what did you do? And she said, well, I was a nurse with an HMO company and I helped people with their insurance and stuff like that. And Peter sat there for a minute. He's like, oh, okay, you can come in. So she goes, oh, that's close. I, I did, for a minute, I didn't think you was going to let me in. He said, well, I'm going to let you in, but you're only going to get to stay for three days. And, and uh, there's a lot of people that worry about a lot of things, and I looked, a bit, looked it up, and uh, a lot of people worry about health care. A lot of people worry about, uh, uh, about climate change, and, and there's just a lot of worrying that goes on, and, and I want to speak to that this morning, and I think if we're all honest, we could all find something to worry about. Uh, but I want to talk to you about that this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I thought it was interesting that a lot of people are still worried about the coronavirus. And uh, I was like, man, I knew that wouldn't last long because it was made in China, right? You know what I mean? Couldn't last very long. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> now, the question is, what, what makes you happy? What makes you happy? What, what, what makes you worry? Uh, and if you have your Bibles in Matthew chapter 6, it, it talks about how our Heavenly Father has a plan for worry and, and honestly a cure and a warranty about that you, how you won't have to worry anymore. So it's a great message for everybody. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, who, who is I here? Jesus is talking. Jesus is giving this, this sermon to people. He said, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. Anybody convicted yet? Yeah. Worrying about your life. I mean, it's just like, okay, we're going someplace. What you'll eat, and I think for us, a lot of times, it's what not to eat should be. Like that second piece of pie, you know. Uh, what you will drink nor about your body, what you'll put on for is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor they gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value? Don't you have more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about your clothing? The, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say, Jesus, I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Verse 30, if God so clothes the grass of the field every year, he does it every year, right? Clothes the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. It's done away with. Will he not much more, everybody say much more, much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry. It's like a commandment. It's like, do not worry. He's not, he didn't say, well, there's some reasons to worry. If you got something you really need to worry about, let's go ahead. No, he said, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What do we drink? What do we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek. He was saying, the people who don't believe in me, that's what they seek after, but you're not like them. <laughs> Say the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. Then he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself, its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. One of the best gifts that my dad gave to me was uh, a life verse, and I don't know if you have a, a life verse, a verse that means more to you, and you've, you've memorized that verse. And I just challenge everybody to, to, to pray and, and ask about it, to get a verse that you know that you can just stand on in your life. But this Matthew 6, 33 was my dad's life verse. And when I was a young boy, I adopted that as my life verse because he had it, and I want to be like my dad. And then... 
uh, later on in life when I got old enough to make my own decisions, I thought, well, that was dad's life first. I think I'm going to look for one for myself. But I decided to stay with that one because it says, <coughs> excuse me, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, seek after God and seek after staying in right standing with God. Make sure that I make decisions that stays in right standing with him to the best of my ability. Then in all of my ways, everybody say all. All of my ways acknowledge him, then he'll direct my path. All these other things will be added to you. Don't worry about it. Have you ever had somebody say that to you? Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's easy to say and doesn't really work that, like that. Uh, it's not that easy to practice, though, is it? Uh, it's one thing to tell someone just don't worry about it, but it's another thing to tell them how they are supposed to keep from worrying about it. <laughs> um, I could remind you that worry causes ulcers, high blood pressure, a lot of different physical ailments, I could remind you of all that, but the only thing that that would do for you is make you worry more, right? It's a good first step is, is to confess that it really is a sin to worry. Uh, worry is not simply a weak, weakness. It really is a wickedness. A lot of times we don't look at some of the things we do as a wickedness because we, we try to justify the things that we accept in our own lives. Yeah, well, for quiet. He's like, well, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, you do. We all do that. Justify the things that we justify in our own lives because we, uh, we accept that. And we say, oh, well, I'm different. Well, you're not different. Yeah. Now, when it comes to worrying. So to live in the fleshly realm of worry all the time will rob us of his peace. It'll rob us of the presence of God. Worrying robs us of the presence of God. It also robs us of persevering through the hard times. Oh, what do you worry about? Some gave, someone gave six reasons why people worry. Said the ignorant worry because they don't know enough. The smart people worry because they know too much. The rich, worry the rich worry because they're afraid of losing what they have. And the poor worry because they don't have enough. The old worry because they're facing death. And the young worry because they're facing life. But we're supposed to have a new nature, aren't we? Like a supernatural viewpoint, a perspective that God has. Um, I saw some good quotes about worry. And blessed is the man who's too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night. Uh, a problem not worth praying about is a problem not worth worrying about. If you're not going to pray about it, just stop worrying about it. Uh, Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. <laughs> Worry affects our total being, so we must get our mind and our spirit and our body involved with certain things in order to not to worry. So how can we stop? I'll say this, that circumstances really don't matter. 
when we was, I love that song about we're praying over you. And the, did you all notice that song? It said, I pray that your circumstances will change. I was, I was sitting down there and I was listening to that. And, and uh, I just want to say this, that your circumstances will change. Circumstances are like the weather in Texas. If you don't like it, stick around, it'll change. But I want to say this too, please do not allow your circumstances to dictate to you whether you'll be at peace or whether you'll be worried. Because circumstances should have nothing to do with it. A lot of times, uh, we, we all go through seasons in life. All of us do. Some of the seasons in life will take us places where, where it's very, very difficult. We get down in the valleys. We have difficult times. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but when I have hard times and I have difficult times, I tend to get closer to God. I know all you spiritual disciplined people aren't like that. And so you can just kind of tap your foot. Well, we're talking well with all us normal people. <laughs> One of the things that, that uh, everybody wants the mountaintop experiences, but in, uh, it, in the mountaintop experiences, you get up, a, you get up above a certain uh, elevation uh, it's, it's called timberline because the timberline is here and nothing else grows up above the timberline because the oxygen is too light and nothing will grow up there. But the view is incredible. So we all like to be on top of the mountain, but nothing grows. Y'all with me? When you get up on top, nothing grows, but it sure is pretty up there. But the growing all happens in the, in the valley because the water comes and, and the rains come. And I always get amused at the weatherman when they says, oh, it's going to be a terrible day today. It's going to rain. I'm like, well, rain brings life. Why would we not want it to, to rain? <laughs> Is it me or do, do you see that a lot of the... Uh, news people just want to stir you up and make you worry about things. They just want to stir you up, cause conflict and division. And we can't allow those things. We as born again believers cannot allow ourselves to get in that trap of worrying about everything that's coming down the pike with the government, everything that's happening with the weather, climate change. I'm telling you, you can get caught up in those things where you're miserable to be around because you just worry all the time. Amen. So worry is actually the opposite of faith. Verse 30, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So we go to worrying about all these other things. Our faith is, is robbed. Faith and confidence are hard to come by. But, so we need help all the time. Uh, three times in the, this passage, it says, take no thought. Take no thought. See, what are you thinking about right now? Is your mind wandering because you're bored with this sermon? 
Are you, what are you, what's, what's going through your mind? Last night I was laying in bed because I always go to bed early on Saturday night. I try to go to bed early on Saturday night so that I'll be good for Sunday morning. But I, I was laying there trying to go to sleep and my mind was just racing. Anybody, when you try to go to sleep, your mind just goes like, you're just like, and, and I was like, I was laying there and I'm like, Brady, shut up. Just shut up. Just stop it. You know, you ever get mad at you? So to take those thoughts captive, you got to have a plan to get those thoughts out of you. So what I did a long time ago, I memorized the 23rd Psalm. And when I begin to just really <clears throat> let my mind get to rolling like that, in my mind, I quote the, 30, the 23rd Psalm. I'm like, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, he's going to take care of me. I shall not want. He's going to take all my needs. He's going to take care of all my needs. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Then I think about laying down on the grass and having fire ants get on me. <laughs> so, so I can't lay down in Texas. So I'm thinking about laying down in Colorado where there's no fire ants. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. You know, water can, the still waters, it's, it's just calming. And all of a sudden, uh, he restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. And then all of a sudden, you, before you get through with the 23rd Psalm, you're already asleep. So I want to talk to you. I've just got a couple, few minutes left. But I want to I talk to you about three things to know that will help cure, cure your worrying. I mean, anybody need to be cured this morning from worrying? You come to the right place. This is like free. <laughs> People charge a lot for stuff like this. The first point is to trust in his greatness. We serve a great God. I mean, he is great. He's all powerful. He can do anything that he wants to do. And he chooses to love his children. Because he's always talking about the father, father of the father of the father. He wants to take care of us. He's a great God. When we can't, he can. We may be inadequate, but he is more than adequate. How he provides. Behold the fowls. They keep, they keep moving, but they're always singing. Behold the birds of the air. Dora has a, she has a bird feeders in the backyard. Anybody got bird feeders in your yard? Because you like birds. Well, those birds, they love to come and, <clears throat> come and eat. And they'll just fly in. They'll eat. And then they leave. Not one of those birds have ever come up to Dora and go, ma'am. I just want to thank you for this food. You're just, a, you're just so good. Thanks. Nope, they just fly off. The Heavenly Father takes care of them. But the Father uses Darla. Y'all come on with me. The Father uses Darla to take care of the birds. And some birds are just not thankful. But that doesn't stop us from putting bird feet out there. We love birds. Even the dirty birds. Even the ungrateful birds. The Heavenly Father. Even when we're ungrateful. Even when we fail to say thank you. 
when we fail to have gratitude, he keeps on bringing the feed. Makes us love him more, doesn't it? So it says, consider the lilies. They don't toil or spin. Birds don't have a job. The lilies, they don't have a job. The Heavenly Father takes care of them. Joy is the product of, a, of contentment with Christ. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I think a lot of times we try to get our strength from places that won't bring strength to us. Uh, I, I think a lot, if, when I don't eat protein, I get the shakes. If I eat too much sugar, y'all with me? There's, there, it doesn't have much staying power with me. But I love sweet tea. It's just not good for me. But you see, the staying power comes from knowing what is healthy for us. And it's healthy for us to, to know what God blesses. And, and he'll give us the word. Uh, through his word, we can have good health. But if we eat too much of what we shouldn't be eating and we get fed off of things we shouldn't get fed off of, uh, we're not going to be healthy. And we need to be healthy physically, but also we need to be healthy spiritually. Amen? Amen. People are God's greatest treasures. We always say that around here. God's greatest. Jesus didn't die for your horse. He didn't die for your dog. He didn't die for your house. He didn't die for your pickup. He died for you. And he gave his life so that you could have eternal life. You are God's treasure. You are what God values more than anything else. Just because you value something over somebody else doesn't mean that God's that way. Say amen about it. You know it's true. Yeah. So he said, are you not more valuable of more value than they? The valuable things is people. And if God values people the way he values people, what should we value more than anything? Each other. Value our relationship with him. Value our relationship with others. In God's eyes, we are valuable and superior to any other of his creation. You see, happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Are you having trouble deciding? It's a choice. Choose to be happy. If you want to be happy, choose it. If God does all this for the plants and animals, won't he do more for us? When we are worrying, our thinking really isn't right. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's, a, it's an interesting verse. Verse 5, chapter 10, verse 5. It says, casting down arguments. Some people just like to argue. Have you noticed that? You ever been around somebody who's just like, I mean, we got any husbands and wives here? Do you? <laughs> well, let's talk about other people since they're not here. 
It seems like because we get familiar with our husband or our wife, it's like sometimes we just, we, I'm telling you, it says cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything, every high thing. You see, here's, here's a challenge for us as born-again believers that believe in the word of God, our culture today will say that there's other things and other words that are more important than God's words. And you should be offended at certain things that God calls sin. And our culture today would try to separate you from God and say that, that you're not doing right if you call sin, sin. There are things in our culture and in our society today that exalts itself above the things that God has for his creation. And if we're not careful, we'll buy in to the culture of this world because we know the culture of the world better than we know the word of God. Because we live in that world out there and we live it day and 24-7, but we hardly ever get into the word of God. And so whenever the preacher gets up and he preaches about the word of God, we're offended that the preacher would actually say that because we have bought into the, what, what the world is teaching. And then we begin to worry about things because the world will tell you, you aren't living if you're not worrying about it. You just need to worry about it. I'm telling you, we as a church need to rise up above this worrying thing and understand that God will take care of us in the long run. He's got this. He's got it. Cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everybody say every thought bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, everything that we think, bring those thoughts and, and ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of your thinking. Amen. If you're brave enough, ask the Holy Spirit to convict you when your thinking begins to be stinking. Yeah. <laughs> when you're stinking thinking. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of it. It'll change your life forever. Only the brave people will do that. It's good preaching. <clears throat> We're superior to the plants and the animals. <laughs> it's, we're, this, this, our society today is completely jacked. There was a lady, there's, there's a guy who told me, that he had, there was a girl at McDonald's and, and he told her that hamburgers was, was uh, meat that came from a cow. And she's like, oh no, they had to kill a cow to get a hamburger? Oh, I can't believe that. She didn't even know it. <laughs> Our culture is, is, is inept when it comes to reality. Hamburgers come from dead cows, in case anybody's wondering about that. Goodness. So we trust in his greatness. The second thing I'm going to move on is trust in his grace. 
Trust in the work of his grace. In verse 30, 30, it says, If God clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Grace is unearned favor. In other words, we don't deserve the favor that God has given to all of us. Everybody say, I have favor. And the reason is, is because you have God's grace and God gives you grace when you don't get it. it we, we, we got any mamas and daddies, you got kids. I got a, I've got a, a, a grandson that's a year and a half and he thinks that he can drive a tractor. He really does. Do you think I'm gonna put him on a tractor? Let him drive that tractor by himself? No, nope. tear things up. Be a bad deal. I know what's good for him. Oh, he's three. <laughs> well, maybe he should drive. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I didn't realize he's three years old. <laughs> maybe we should just let, maybe well, we'll get him a go kart. <laughs> I guess time got away from me. Anyway, he still should not be driving a tractor. Y'all with me? Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of times we're like, oh, you look at what somebody else has. Oh, how come I can't have that? And God's going, you're three years old. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things we don't understand. My point is, a lot of things we don't understand. And that's where faith comes in. But if we worry about things and we don't have the heart and the mind of God, we're going to question everything that God does. For us and to us and with us. What is my point? My point is that his grace is sufficient. He closed the grass of the field. You see every day, and it's really more up north where it gets cold in the wintertime. It, it's more, uh, you can, it, the, the grass turns green, so green in the summertime. When winter hits, it turns brown. Green, brown. Summer, winter, summer, winter, dies, lives, dies, lives, dies, lives. Why does he do that? Baptize, down in the water, come up, down in the water. You'll never know how to live until you understand how you're supposed to die. Death is as much about life as life is about death. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, if you believe in me, you'll never die. But we all, we're having funerals all the time. But God doesn't look at things the way we look at it because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This body dies, but the presence with the God, God gives us a new body. Faith will tell you that's the way it works, but worry will will keep you from having peace on your deathbed. I didn't say that in them other services right there, that part. So that's for somebody here. When you die, you get on your deathbed, have peace. Understand that God takes care of the grass of the field. He takes care of the lilies of the valley. And if God takes care of them, he's going to take care of you. 
He's going to take care of you. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. That's the one constant thing that the church has access to is the word of God. But if we don't know the word of God, we will, I promise, we will worry about things we shouldn't ought to be worried about. The word of God will cure your worrying. I'm waiting for a big away man out of that. Trust the wisdom of his grace. Your heavenly father knows. It's repeated 12 times in this chapter. Your father, your heavenly father, your father, your heavenly father, your heavenly father, your heavenly father. He's like, yeah. If you've ever been a daddy, you know what he's talking about. And us, us dads, we, we know what's best for our kids and what's not best for our kids. But our kids don't always agree with us when we say, don't touch the stove. What's, what's the very first thing they do when you say, don't touch it? You go touch the stove. Rebellion's born in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction drives it far from it. What that means is, is that kids need discipline. But the parents have to have discipline in order to give discipline to the kids. You can't give away something you don't have. That's free. <laughs> the third point is we God is is his we gotta understand his greatness and that'll help your worrying. We gotta understand his grace and we ought to, we we've also got to understand his goodness. He is a good God. I want to say this to you. Uh, if bad things are happening in your life and they are genuinely bad things. It's not from God. Now, sometimes we classify bad things as when God brings discipline to us because whom the Lord loves, he he disciplines. So sometimes God withholds his blessings to bring discipline to our lives. And he does that, by the way, because he loves us so much. Because if you need discipline... uh, you should be thankful for it. Should be. I said should be. No, no. One time when my dad, my dad, he believed in, in uh, the belt. He'd give us whippings when we deserved them and when he had a bad day. No. <laughs> but not one time after dad whipped me did I go, hmm, thanks, dad. I really needed that. And I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that one. No, discipline's not pleasant. Y'all with me? But it is necessary. And there's a lot of different ways to discipline. But my goodness, moms and dads, please teach your children to be disciplined people. And we we teach them by example. So God has a warranty. Y'all probably been waiting on this. This past week we had a a refrigerator, our refrigerator died on us. We'd had that refrigerator for 15 years. 15 years? Got that one right. (laughs) For 15 years. And the warranty had gone out on it, obviously. 
But man, that had been a great, that refrigerator didn't owe us anything, but it chose to go out on Thanksgiving week, which was not good timing. However, thank God for Black Friday. Y'all with me? But God has a warranty. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's that other part then? And all these things, his warranty is that all these things will be added unto you. Now, what are these things? You should, you, I know you're thinking, what, what are you saying? The things that are added to you are the things that are good for you that God has for you. He wants you to have the things that he wants for you. But you have to seek him first and his righteousness, be in right standing with him, know the word of God, know what's acceptable, know what's unacceptable, and not try to justify the worry in our lives, but put him first to seek him first and let all these other things that he has for us, that he has designed for us to have, come to us. That's his warranty. But we have to be in the place where we can receive that warranty. There's a lot of times they down at the when you buy something, you want to buy the warranty? I'm like, probably not. <laughs> God has a warranty. So we need to think about his greatness, think about his graciousness, and trust in his goodness. Uh, here's, here's a little statistic for you. 40% of what we worry about never happens. Y'all come on with me. 40% of the things we worry about never happens. 30% has already happened. 12% is unfounded criticism from other people. 10% is our health. And the last 8% is the actual problems we have to do something about. 8%. That means that 92% of worrying is useless and worrying about the 8% really didn't help the situation either. The devil uses our past because he knows we can't do anything about it. When we're worried about things that have already happened in our past, the reason the devil keeps bringing that up to us is because he knows you can't do anything about the past. Why wouldn't he want you to worry about it? But you see, we need to rise up above the above our circumstances and understand that when Jesus said, when we give it to God and we, we ask for forgiveness and we give our lives to Christ, he said that he'll not hold our sins against us, that he'll cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us. And we need to understand that God is not there to blame you for your past transgressions when he has already forgiven. So whenever you die, oh man, I, I, I'm sorry. God's going to like, I don't remember that. I, we, I, all that's under the blood of the lamb. I've let go, I've let go of it. You need to let go of it. And some of y'all just need to let go of some of the things this morning that you've been wrapping you up in your life and binding you up. God's got a plan for you. It's not to harm you, to give you hope for your future. Please don't lose hope for your future and don't allow worry 
to take a hold and bring an illness on you that you cannot cure. Let God, the great healer, come into your life and make a difference in your life. He wants that for you because he's a good God. He wants to give you grace because he's a gracious God. He wants to provide power for you because he is a great God. He has a plan. We need to get in the place where we know his plan. And the way that happens is by reading and studying the word of God so that we are workmen that needs not to be ashamed rightly everybody say rightly rightly dividing the word of truth so that we know what God says and not allowing the world to speak into our lives the way that God speaks into our lives somebody needs to hear this today too many times we listen to what the world's trying to tell us when God says stop 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 it's death to you it's spiritual death do not believe it because that's not my plan for you because it will involve worry in your life. And if our world is anything, it is full of fear and full of worry right now. And the church needs to rise up above that. Someone wrote a poem. It says, for every evil under the sun, there is either a cure or there is none. If there is a cure, seek till you find it. If there is none, then never mind it. Worry is contagious. You get around worrying people, you're going to start worrying. Alcoholics should never go to a bar. If you're a worrying person, You don't need to be hanging out with worrying people. There's an interesting fact that when you buy a pickup, they have different types of pickups. They got the 150, which is a half ton pickup. And it's designed to carry the lighter things in life. There's a three-quarter ton pickup that can carry a little bit more than a half a ton pickup, half ton pickup, but not as much as a one ton pickup. And then there's a one ton pickup that can carry more than a half ton and a three-quarter ton pickup because it was made for that. Who decided all that? Was it the dealer? Was it the guy that painted the pickup? Was it the manufacturer? No. It was the designer that figured out how much that pickup could handle. Anybody know where I'm going with this so far? (laughs) Me and Dora's having this conversation yesterday and today. We have to know how much we're designed to carry. And just because somebody's a one-ton pickup doesn't mean that we have to be a one-ton pickup if we're a half-ton pickup. Y'all with me? But we go to looking at other people. I'm going to tell you, if you don't run your own life, somebody else will be happy to run it for you. 
It'll be happier running your life for you. It tells you what you need. I get emails all the time from people who say, well, you need to run your church this way. You need preachers and pastors and gurus, and they think that they got it all figured out, but they don't know us. We got to go to the designer, the one who made us, the one who created us, and stop comparing ourselves just because somebody else can do something. It doesn't have anything to do with you. You make up your mind what God's saying to you about what you're designed to do, what you're designed to carry, and then walk in that. You be the one to pick up if that's who you are. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot, well... You shouldn't hook a 35-foot horse trailer on a half-ton pickup. You shouldn't do that. But you ever drove down the road and you saw, you saw these pickups with their axles like this laying down on the ground? They weren't designed for the load that they were carrying. And a lot of times the reason we have troubles in our lives is because we have taken on more then we ought to take on, or we've taken on the wrong things that God didn't have planned for us to take on. You say, well, preacher, you're telling me a lot of things, but I don't, listen, I'm just the messenger. I'm not the designer. I can't tell you what you were made for. I didn't make you. That's why each and every one of us had to figure out what we were made for. I don't know. Does anybody know that construction's going on on 105 out here? <laughs> anybody aware of that? I was driving by there yesterday and I was like, I was like, I wonder if they were drunk when they... <laughs> That's not nice. I know it's not nice. But then I thought to myself, Randy, you should be thankful that you have a vehicle to drive down this road and that you actually have a road to drive down. I'm telling you, we cannot afford to get critical coming out of Thanksgiving season. Let's look for things to be thankful for rather than things to complain about and worry about. And then we'll understand that there's peace in our lives. And when the presence of God comes in our lives because we're not robbed by our worry and the presence of God will bring the word of God into our lives and we will understand what we were designed and made for and we stop looking at things outside of that world that tries to drag us down and things we can get upset about. I'm talking to somebody this morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, a lot of us get upset over things we don't need to be upset over. We just need to be grateful for things. If things aren't going your way, understand that you're in the valley and that things grow in the valley. Seek after God and seek after him and his righteousness. Then let all these other things be added unto you. But put him first in your life. A lot of times the reason church people get so upset is because they don't allow God to have be first place in their life. They put him down there third, fourth, or fifth. Seek him first. 
and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for helping us with our hearts and our attitudes. I pray, Lord, today that you would just minister, Lord, to everybody here, everybody watching online. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to to speak to us, to convict us in areas, Lord. As I've been convicted this past week, I, I thank you for that conviction. I pray, Lord, that you would bring discipline to me and discipline to everybody in this room, discipline to everybody watching online, so we would be disciplined people, so we can give that discipline to people that we come in contact and be a blessing to them through our discipline and learn how to love them as part of being disciplined is loving people. And we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. One of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself to have peace is to have the presence of God in your life. And the way that that happens, Jesus said that we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all understand that what sin does, it separates us from God. But Jesus said that he came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And he said if we would confess our sin, he would be faithful, faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He also said this. He said that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us here today, we've all sinned and come short. But when Jesus comes into our lives, then we can begin to seek him first. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your savior, maybe if you have, you just really haven't been living for him. Simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. And and I know that I, I want God in my life from this day forward. I need God. Slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Thank you. Yep. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in it, please. Anybody? Yep. Back in the back. Thank you. Anybody else? Please, please don't lose this opportunity to to ask Jesus to come into your heart. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Yeah, thank you. It's the greatest gift you can give. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, partner. Thank you so much. Bless your heart. Right here, yeah. One more right here. Yeah, leave your hand up, please, until... Yep, yeah, thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I, I, I don't... Yep, yeah, partner, thank you. God bless you, buddy. Yeah. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to say I need God. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Don't let this moment pass. If, if, you're, if you're just... <laughs> If something inside of you is tugging, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God saying, I love you, and I, I want what's best for you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. The Lord's working on our hearts. Anybody? Yep, thank you. Back there in the back. Thank you. We got more Bibles coming. Yep, thank you. Leave your hand up. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts, I pray. Do a work in our hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everybody, ever listen to me. Everybody that raised your hand, hands, I want you to look up at me. Everybody that raised your hands, come on up. Back in the back, all over. Back in the back. Come on, everybody, come on up and let me pray for you. Everybody that, ra- that raised your hands, come on, come on, come on. Back in the back. Come on, right over here. Yeah. Come on. We got a whole herd of people. 
good. Yeah, come on. I'm so proud of you. Bless you, buddy. Bless you, partner. I'm proud of you. Bless you, girl. Bless you, my friend. It was good. I'm glad you're here now. Bless you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Bless your heart. So proud of you. Bless you. Bless you, my friend. Come on up here. I want to pray with y'all. Yeah, just stay right here for a second. How are you? Bless you. Sweet. I'm proud of you, buddy. What's your name? Isaac. Isaac. Love you, buddy. You're a good man. Thank you, buddy. Anybody else? This ain't the bar, but it's the last call. Anybody else? If you raise your hand, come up. Or if you didn't raise your hand and you know you should have got up, it's not too late. Get up right now. Come on. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, look at here. Look at here. Y'all look at me. God loves you. For God so loved the world, you are in the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, whosoever, 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 whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a big deal. Big deal. It's the smartest thing that y'all have ever done in your lives right now. Because what you're doing, you're asking God, the God that designed you and the God that made you, the God that created you, you're asking him to have his way in your life because he knows better than you know. So I want to pray with you. Here's what the Bible says. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from worry, saved from fear, saved from sin, saved from the things that, that tear our lives apart. That's what we're saved from. So we'll have eternal life. So I want to help you pray, but y'all have to believe for yourselves. Okay? Can we do that? Okay, let's all, let's all bow our heads and y'all help us pray. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, now look here. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You're going to have the same problems you had when you came. I want to tell you that. Don't let the devil lie to you. You're still going to have the same problem. But you got help. And, and, and the Lord will help you. But also, he said not to forsake assembling together. We can't help you if you don't show up around here. Y'all got to make up your minds that you're going to seek him first. And part of that is assembling together with people who are of like faith. And I just encourage y'all to keep coming back. 
I can't stress that enough. It's really important. So uh, just because God gives you grace, give yourselves grace. And you're not going to be perfect overnight. You're not going to be perfect overnight. But God is working in you and through you. He'll keep doing that. You might stumble, but just get up. Keep showing up. Is that a deal? All right, I love y'all. Hey, go visit these guys over here for just a second if you don't mind. Thank you all so much. Love you, buddy. Bless you, my friend. Run over there and visit those guys for a second. I'm so proud of you. Bless you. Bless you, girl. Bless your partner. Proud of you guys. Bless you. Bless you, my friend. What you doing? I'm having church, baby. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. It's working. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. How many need, uh, how many needs to, I'm not going to say not worry as much. I'm going to say who needs to stop worrying? Raise your hand. Okay, I want to pray for y'all. And everybody that didn't raise your hand, I'll pray for you too. Raise your hands. Let me pray for y'all. Lord Jesus, we, you see our hands and we, we pray, oh God, that you would make us clay in your hands, that you would mold us and shape us after your will and after your plan for our lives. I pray, oh God, that you would minister to us. We pray, oh God, that you would forgive us for worrying. Everybody say, Jesus, please forgive me for worrying. Help me not to worry anymore. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to convict me when I worry. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name, we commit our ways to you and pray that you would direct our path. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. We got our prayer team. If you need special prayer, love to have you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here.